0: Welcome to The Fit Chap, a podcast devoted to the fitness and well-being of prospective chaplains coming into the United States Army. I'm your host, Jason Phipps. Thanks for tuning in. It was cold today. We had this uh, ACFT conditioning drill that we did, a couple of them actually, a couple conditioning drills. So we warmed up pretty quick, but still, I wasn't expecting this type of weather in March. You know, Jim, you're from... South Carolina like is this is this normal weather for this time of year
1: it is yeah I've been in South Carolina since I was about fourth grade Uh, love love South Carolina but you have to be ready for kind of the transition have a jacket ready in the morning and have your uh, shorts and t-shirt in the afternoon Uh, it can change 40 degrees pretty quickly on you Um, but uh, the, the great thing is the sun
0: always comes out so that's the wonderful thing about South Carolina yes Yes. And that has happened today. It's like 60 degrees right yes. now. It's crazy, the weather. And, and we typically, for those of you who are listening, we have two Chabolik classes out of the year that tend to overlap into the winter months. So if you're coming from somewhere that is particularly warm, I encourage you to just prepare yourself for, for some some cold days because they will indeed occur well, our guest today is Chaplain Major Jim Murray, the Chibolik course developer and former student group leader from 3rd Platoon. And Jim, can you just tell us a little bit about your path to coming to uh, the schoolhouse?
1: Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be here and just uh, to be able to share my story. Uh, so I came to Fort Jackson and uh, for captain's career course and was able to stay and support a battalion here with 369 Adjutant General Battalion, AIT. And then uh, once I promoted to major, able to come over to the schoolhouse as a small group leader and uh, been doing that for about a year and was able to transition to the uh, Chibolic developer, uh, still having the impact to the chabolik the new chaplain students, uh, through the lesson plans and the course map and other things that a developer, uh, works on, um, and still able to do some teaching and instruction and some, uh, observations. So very, very excited to continue that connection and, and very excited to
0: be a part of the school. Good. It's been great to, uh, to have you here. Uh, we met what, 2016, I think it was over deployment in Afghanistan and, uh, we're both kind of deeply immersed in the, uh, the special operations world and doing some, some joint things together. And uh, so it's great to, after all these years, after that time in Afghanistan, to kind of link up again here at the schoolhouse and uh, have some time to, to tag team in the classroom. This past Sunday, you and I, we uh, participated in the Bataan Memorial Death March. And it's held, for those of you who are listening, it's held every year on uh, 19 March in White Sands, New Mexico. And it's meant to commemorate the Bataan Death March that took place in April of 1942. And approximately 75,000 American and Filipino POWs marched about 65 miles with no food, no water, sick, dying. And numbers actually kind of vary in terms of how many of those POWs died during the march. But if you go to the website where the Memorial March is uh, hosted, it will tell you that roughly 10,000 soldiers died on that march. Now, there are versions of the Memorial March all over the place, including the one that we did here at Fort Jackson And there's two courses, the 26.2 and the 14.2 mile course. And you and I did the uh, 14.2 mile course. And as I'm thinking about this, I just want to give props to Sergeant First Class Tilly, one of our AIT instructors who crushed it on the 26.2. I bring this event up to make the point that opportunities abound for us as chaplains to endure mental and physical trials all the time. And I don't just mean the fun ones that we volunteer for, but I mean the ones that we, we find ourselves having to commit to, be it long road marches or PT events or deployments, whatever it may be, things that force us to re-examine what endurance really looks like in our lives. But we endure those trials for a purpose. Would you, would you agree?
1: With that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the concepts of the chaplaincy or or the the blessing even of the chaplaincy is being able to step into the culture of the military and to go through the trials and struggles and challenges and overcome uh, the opportunities that are set before you. Um, I think about uh, one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, you know, endure hardships with us as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, you know, and that, that concept of enduring hardships really bonds you to your soldiers. It bonds you to the soldiers and their family members, even in the trials and things that they go through. Uh, my wife and I have always talked about as we view ourselves as missionaries to the military, that the language uh, of the military is sacrifice, that that is something that is common. So it's going to be different variables and different experiences and different, you know, there's always a competition of who had it the worst, but that desire to kind of share the sacrifice and that commonality between um, what people have gone through is definitely the language. And as chaplains, when we can endure hardships, it allows us to bond with that community, allows us to bond with those families that are going through challenges. So I, I really, when the opportunity opens up to take part in some of suffering, uh, some challenges, it's, it's a true blessing.
0: And I, I know that uh, over the last couple episodes, I've talked a lot about road marches and how they are an essential event for us at the chaplain school, but they're also integral to just being in the army. I mean, soldiers move along the ground. They conduct dismounted operations all the time. And for our listeners, ruck marching can be an unfamiliar exercise. I appreciate that the field manual, field manual 7-22, which again, we kind of always come back to that on this podcast, devotes a section of chapter 7 on how to conduct a, a foot march, how to improve in that area, what steps to take, how to come up with a training plan. Jim, I know you've done a few 12-milers in your time. How would you typically prepare for something like that? So I think it's important to
1: really focus on your feet I know that that's an aspect that you don't really think of very much, but preparing your feet for something like a 12-mile road march is going to be very important. Whether it be a good pair of boots that you have worn in or you've prepared for something uh, to that extent, as well as you've prepped and prepared for the longer distance, Uh, your feet take a beating during the road march, and so you want to make sure that you're you're starting out at the three-mile road march, maybe a six-mile, a nine-mile. You're kind of building up to allow your feet to gain some callus and gain some impact. I really do think a road march is kind of a total body workout, and so all the things that you've been doing to prepare for the ACFT and other physical fitness standards is going to allow you to and be ready for that road march. Your legs, your back, your shoulders, your arms—everything's tested uh, while you're on that that road march. So all those things that you're already doing, but just adding that element of preparing your feet is is going to be important.
0: Indeed, and it is. I like how you said, kind of a total body workout. I remember I had a first sergeant at uh, Ranger Regiment who said if you don't walk away from a, a 12-mile foot march in some degree of pain, then then you r- maybe haven't gotten as much out of it as you, as you could have. So I've always kind of carried that with me going into these uh, road marches and some of the endurance events that we do within the Army, things that really kind of zap our energy but can be rewarding in the end and really endear us to the soldiers that we're doing ministry with. Well, so what I've really been looking forward to today is talking with you uh, about your experience as a master fitness trainer. And Jim, can you just tell us a little bit about the program and what it was that motivated you to to go into that? Oh, great. Yeah, I really uh, loved my experience going through the
1: course. Um, I was at a battalion ministry opportunity and just had some time with COVID, things getting shut down a little bit. And so I was able to do the online, which is the, it's a two week online program. It's kind of phase one of uh, master fitness trainer. And then the phase two is actually here at Fort Jackson. So it was kind of a no cost TDY, if you would, for me. And so a great opportunity, learned a lot for personal physical fitness, uh, as well as understanding how you can develop plans, uh, how you can develop even meal plans for yourself, but then also others that are around you for mentorship. So my expectation as a Chibola instructor was that we would be preparing for our platoon, the physical fitness training schedule, as well as some levels of mentorship with meal prep. Uh, Now, that wasn't true the way Jabolic is built doesn't really allow the small group leaders to design that. It's more of kind of at the NCO and the course manager level, but still having that experience has been able to allow me to communicate good ideas, TTPs, good resources out there, allow me to really show and, and mentor others that are looking towards developing more physical fitness. I've grown personally in that, and I really think that the greatest aspect is to lower injury. As you go through the course, it's about doing things the right way. It's not about maxing all the time, but it's about making sure that you're building that strength uh, over a long period of time with with low level of injury so that you can maximize the warrior task and skills that, that are required of you. So it was a really great course. I'd recommend it if it's a possibility. Chaplains typically aren't slotted for something like that, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for mentorship, just like the other courses out there. Master of Resiliency Trainer is another one that opens up opportunities for connection and development and just potentially gives you the opportunity to stand on the platform in front of soldiers. And And I think if you're given that opportunity as a chaplain, it, it's a blessing and, and whatever capacity that would look uh, has been a, a a true blessing for me.
0: So you, you went to the course and when you got there, did you feel like it met your expectations? Did it exceed your expectations in terms of the type of training that you would get?
1: Yeah, it was different than I expected. I I would say that my expectation was more understanding the ACFT, how to perform the ACFT, how to test the ACFT, much more kind of focused towards that. Because I know the MFT school is one of the proponents that developed the ACFT. So I expected a lot more of that. But, you know, one of the things that they do is train the trainer type of uh, experiences with the ACFT, level one, level two. uh, At that point, I know it's changed some, but And so really the MFT school wasn't about ACFT. It was about progression over a period of time. It was about the training schedules that you can develop. It was about making sure that you're taking a group of individuals, you're testing them, finding out where they're at, and being able to take them to the next level, especially as it relates to the training cycle towards deployment. How do you take a group of individuals that in six to 12 months is going to go on a deployment and get them ready to meet the challenges that that deployment will bring and so that that's where I was very impressed that it was much more leadership driven how do we as leaders make sure that our our soldiers are ready for that which they're going to be required to do on those deployments without injury and that that's that's the big thing that they talk through and that goes into health that goes into stretching, that goes into just a slow development. And so I've learned all that uh, in the midst and, and was challenged physically as well. They do a, an obstacle course with tactical gear on, uh, and I was quite uh, challenged in that experience um,
0: but really enjoyed uh, the opportunity. What type of uh, instructors did they bring in? I mean, obviously they had instructors who were MFT certified, but I'm assuming they had physical trainers in there or physical therapists rather who else was there kind of overseeing that, that training time for you?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. They had individuals that have been trained in MFT that are passionate about that, that are passionate about physical fitness. Uh, They had trainers come in and talk about health uh, nutritionists that come in and you get trained in some levels of, of that. Um, You also, the physical therapist does uh, stretches and how to do recovery they're there in the gym while you're doing the exercises and make any corrections that may need to be made. Those instructors that are there, um, you can tell that's not just a position that they worked really hard to get to that position, uh, but they are absolutely passionate about different physical fitness opportunities and and directions. I remember one of the instructors, you know, when the phase of of water and lemon came out when that was kind of a popular thing, Uh, said that he spent six months drinking every day water and lemon to see if it'd make any difference, just to try, try it out. His his passion was to make sure what he was teaching was actually a good uh, resource for those he was teaching. And he said after the six months, it, it benefited him mostly just by his skin felt, you know, softer and, and he had more of a glow. <laughs> Interesting. But, and that was his experience, but it was yeah. his way of making sure what he was teaching was lived out and what he did. And, and that was really neat to see how they're their personal life, uh, their personal commitment to fitness and health, and uh, minimizing injury uh, was matched by what they were teaching.
0: Well, I know that uh, a lot of times chaplains we go to these schools because they feed some sort of passion that we may might have for adventure or just to to become more acclimated to the army concepts, like how does the culture work so we go to these classes as chaplains? Because obviously we're, we're going to have students who come here who have had no prior service in the army, and yet they'll still have that that fire that sends them to go to like an MFT or air assault or airborne, do something that that will immerse them in that world. But when you came out of, and I know you've done many other schools as, as well, Jim, but when you came out of MFT in particular, how did that enhance your ministry or perhaps how do you see that enhancing your your ministry down the road? For me,
1: I think when I served with 4th 160th, I saw just a mentality that ha- I hadn't seen uh, even serving with an infantry unit. It wasn't really fleshed out, I think, until I saw it within the special operations community, this idea of a warrior athlete. It's not just about training to pass the test. It's not just about training to look good in the mirror. It's about training to be the best warrior, the best soldier, the best tactical individual you can be. And so uh, one of the things that special operations does within H2F is they have the Thor 3 program. And and so I got to experience that and, and watch that. And I even got to, as the time that I was with uh, this community, Special Operations Community, they had some helicopter crashes and, and some injuries that came from that, from a diff- few different ones. And watching kind of the statistics that those who were part of the Thor 3 recovered a lot quicker mm-hmm. and was able to get back to the job, back yeah. to the passion. Than those who weren't in that program. And so that, that kind of sold me on this concept of the better I can do individually to be strong as the whole kind of whole physical fitness, to be that warrior athlete, to never think, okay, I just need to pass this test or I just need to pass tape, but to be ready for whatever opportunity arises for as a, as a soldier. And seeing that kind of shifted my passion. And I think, you know, within the TRADOC environment, it's kind of challenging to kind of see that warrior mentality uh, many times. But within the classes that we've had, and I know you probably spoke, there are those individuals that have that internal drive to, to keep themselves sharp, to keep themselves strong, not just to pass, uh, but to excel. And we've seen that in the special op- operations community that we've been a part of that these individuals uh, hold themselves to a higher standard, that if the standard is is low and all they have to do is pass, they don't want to just pass. They want to beat everybody around them. And that, when you interact in that community, it changes the way you view physical fitness. It changes the way you view that, that PT time, or it changes the way you view even the, the road march. I mean, there was no standard that had to be met, but I, I was chasing behind you the whole time <laughs> as you were running the the fourteen miles. I was uh, chasing behind you because if we're out there suffering, we're gonna we're gonna suffer the best way we can, and yeah. and uh, we're going to honor those that live to that standard. And and uh, so I think how it goes forward is it not only has it changed my perspective and given me tools to be able to continue that warrior mentality towards fitness, but it's making me much more desiring to connect with those individuals that live a life of all-out sacrifice for our country. Yes.
0: And so all of these things that we are sharing, I, I, I don't want those of you who are listening, there may be somebody who's listening who's like, you know what, I'm like 52 years old, and there's no way I'm going to be able to like run and ruck with this degree of intensity that Chaplain's Murray and Phipps are talking about right now. But the reality is, is that all of us have opportunities to improve our, our degree of physical fitness, and we don't just improve it so that we can be more fit. I think what you're getting at is this should be true across the board for all chaplains, regardless of your compo, is that we do these things because in many ways they endear us to our soldiers. They make our ministry more relevant, and they show that we're committed to something bigger than just our little sphere of ministry or just maybe our own selfish desires coming into the army as a chaplain. Like so we, we did similar things. We did like platoon competitions in Ranger regiment. And I hated doing that stuff because it was always a bunch of young guys who would throw like a snake over their back. And when I say snake, this is like a 200 pound weight that goes across the backs of, of like 10 or 15 soldiers and run with that thing. And we would do the same thing and we would always lose you know, headquarters staff is always gonna lose because we're just we can't keep up with the line line companies. And it was miserable, but it endears you to your staff and those within your unit because it shows that you are willing to suffer with them. You don't have to be like the all-star performer. You just need to be a part of the team and show that you're willing to endure pain along with everybody else. And I think that would be very true as we see chaplains deploy, as well as we know that there, there very well could be opportunities in the future for chaplains to d- deploy in this um, large-scale combat environment that we've talked so much about. And you and I know what it's like to have chaplains who just kind of hang out on the fob and aren't really engaged with their soldiers and are trying to take the path of least resistance to do what they believe God has called them to do. But that's that's not necessarily an effective method of ministry and it perhaps is not necessarily true to the call that God has put on on your life if you're if you're just going to avoid those opportunities of suffering that's critical to our ministry so getting back to what it means to endure even from a physical perspective what i believe is is true and feel free to agree or disagree with me is that There is a certain mental calculus that we have to have going into physical events. So what I mean by that is that our physical abilities really feed into our mental calculus. It's not the other way around. It's not like we have a physical calculus that our mind feeds into. It's very much like what Colonel Bauer, who's the uh, H2F lead here on Fort Jackson, said a couple months ago that the soldier will quit mentally before he or she quits physically. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think, you know, Sunday was evidence of, of that. What are your thoughts just in terms of the physical versus the mental components or the domains, if you will, of endurance?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that, that the the mind, if it quits, the body will follow very quickly. But reversely, if the mind is strong they're able to do much more than they ever thought capable and whether it be through the schools that I've been to, you know, whether airborne air, air assault um, some of the other trainings that I've been to green platoon watching individuals and even myself who look physically fit, look like they have the muscles or have the capabilities to um, endure drop out because they don't have the mental strength. And then you may see individuals and I'm sure you've seen this in ranger school that may look on the skinny side or scrawny side or short side uh if you would it, it when you're you know ranking physical fitness but continue to excel because they just have a mind that is set towards that goal uh yeah, that is set towards true. not quitting and and um and so i've seen that kind of play out i've seen that in my own life i think that's kind of one of my i kind of even joke that's one of my strengths i'm not the smartest guy but i just keep fighting right and and so that's kind of something that I've known of myself and, and that's something I've really uh, leaned into to not quit whatever's put before me and, and to kind of endure that. Now, you know, there's different challenges that we're going to have in the military and there are certain things that that mentality is helpful to be applied to, physical fitness being one of them. And I think your soldiers are looking that from you. They're looking to see, okay, is the chaplain quitting? Is the chaplain Responding in frustration is the chaplain. You know, when the first sergeant says, "Okay, we're going to do this and we're going to be here later than we expected to," is is the chaplain responding negatively? Uh, when the XO on the staff run says, "Okay, three more miles," how's the chaplain going to do? Is he going to fall back? And so, your soldiers are watching to see how strong your mental capabilities are in those in those moments of, of challenge. Um, they're going to be able to see your physical fitness, but when you go far beyond even what they may see as your physical ability, it's just going to make that impression. They're going to see something even deeper in you. So I think having that mindset of setting a goal and moving towards a goal is just going to really open up doors for ministry, and it's going to allow other individuals that may not be as strong and to come to you and lean on you and and receive mentorship from you. And whether that be strong physical, strong mental, strong emotional, they're going to see you as a
0: pillar of strength as you represent in different areas of, of opportunity. So with that being said, I would discourage any prospective students or chaplains from having anything less than a mindset that is focused upon endurance. What does it mean to endure? And, and I say that because s- several students, as you know, they come here, they're already in TPU status. They've already been assigned to a guard or reserve unit. And they come here thinking that, okay, I only drill once a month. My unit is not what I would consider quote unquote high speed unit. So the standards for physical fitness, for mental toughness are not what I would necessarily see in an active duty unit. So therefore, I don't necessarily need to maintain that standard myself. I would discourage you from having that mentality because when you come to Chabolik, we will test that. And we will test that in many different ways. And if you come here with that, mentality that hey I can just do the bare minimum and I'll be fine cuz I'm going back to a unit that only expects the bare minimum of me when I conduct PT or when I take the ACFT then you're going to be disappointed when you come here and personally I think that's kind of a poor reflection upon your commitment to the United States Army in, in many ways so I would encourage you as best you can again I understand there are many of you who who have not done a lot of physical training and physical training might be difficult for you. And you may be telling yourself that you're too old and that you're older than many of the, the soldiers that you minister to. But that's one of the great things about, about the army is that if you in, immerse yourself in that culture and you enjoy doing ministry in that culture, a lot of times the culture itself keeps you young and it shows you a new side of, of what it means to endure and to grow strong and to and to be tough when you wouldn't necessarily experience that on your own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and to add to that, I do think, you know, those variables, reserve, National Guard, variables, well, even active duty has served in this type of unit or that type of unit that may not have a level of expectation to it, uh, kind of go out the window if we move into large-scale combat operations, Um, Those variables uh, move into now every every chaplain available is now needing to be physically fit to endure the challenges that large-scale combat operation bring. And uh, we're starting to look at that as it relates to developing lesson plans and thinking through how we can prepare our brand new chaplains to endure austere environments, physically challenging conditions. And so a lot of those kind of protective areas maybe right now definitely may go out the window within that type of uh, fight. And so being ready to have that fight, being ready to be put into that position is going to be important. Um, And I think most of the soldiers that have served, whether it be in the last 20 years of war have an expectation that if you're an officer in the military, that you are maintaining a level of physical fitness, that you are improving yourself, that you're growing in your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, kind of the the quadrants of who you are as a soldier. That's the expectation. and That's part of what it is to be a leader. And I think that challenge is seen here at Chibulik, where new chaplains are coming in and, and kind of being faced with that 24-7 24 7 mentality. Not that they're in class 24 7, but they're expected to be living and interacting like a leader and making decisions based upon wearing this uniform proudly. and And one of the things I've seen is that you can't outgive the sacrifice that has been given in this uniform, and and so that's a challenge and that's a, a burden to carry as a chaplain that we. We represent and we stand in the gap, um, and we have to do that well
0: to be able to bring some healing to those that have sacrificed so much. Totally, hundred percent agree with you. Because we see the we see the blessing in having that type of mentality, even if physically you're not able to sustain that level of readiness. There is the possibility that all of us could be in some type of environment. We're walking with soldiers who are conducting like dismounted operations in a combat zone and they're going to need us there for whatever purpose, be it to a pre-mission prayer or, you know, heaven forbid, but very much a reality conducting hasty memorial services of some sort for these soldiers who die in combat. So we need to be physically present and able to be there with them uh, in order to provide that care that, that chaplains can only provide for them and no one else. So any other closing thoughts? I know we're kind of getting close to time here, but super appreciate having you on with us. No, I just really appreciate being here and and absolutely
1: connecting to a passion that you and I have talked many times and spent many days talking through, uh, whether it be in deployment or or now uh, as instructors. So thank you for the opportunity and
0: pleasure. Cool. 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 Well, that, Hey, that wraps up our, our time And again, thanks to Chaplain Murray for joining us this afternoon to really kind of practically expound upon the mental and the physical toughness that the Army requires of all chaplains. And it will serve you well to have an enduring mindset with everything that you do in the Army. As always, if you enjoyed what you heard, click subscribe on your podcast app. And feel free to leave a review as well. Have a great day.